0: You are tuning in to an archived episode of the Tommy's Outdoors Conservation and Science Podcast. After you finish listening to it, why not take a moment to listen to one of the most recent episodes? I'm sure you'll enjoy it. This is Tommy's Outdoors number 50. And today we're going to continue our discussion with our great friend Tomas McIntyre and talk about his solo and unsupported cycle through the length of Africa, from Cairo to Cape Town. Last week we have gone as far as Ethiopia, so if you missed that episode, then go back and listen to the 49. And for those of you who are just waiting to continue from the last week, let's jump right back in.
1: Basically, in a nutshell, there was ethnic conflict in the south and reports were coming out that people were dying, people were dead, people were being shot dead. And that there was, you could see bodies at the side of the road. And I was just like, I didn't come here to see dead bodies at the side of the road I don't mind dodging stones. I'm not going to die or down there dodging bullets from AK-47s. Um so, hard to dodge. Yeah. So I was like, look, safety first. The embassy told me to fly. Uh, and again, you have to respect the embassy as well because they...
0: Irish embassy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they told me to fly and that if I continued cycling, that if anything happened, that, you know, they warned me not to go down there. And again, you need to think of it from their point of view. If anything happened to me, anybody who came down to come to rescue me or to help me, you're putting their lives at the risk Mm -hmm. as well. And then you have to think of their families and their friends back at home. If anything happened to them because of me. Yeah. Do you know? So anyway, I flew to Uganda um, and didn't miss much cycling because I ended up cycling from Uganda back into Kenya and then doing East Kenya, which I hadn't planned on doing. Okay. So I got a bit of cycling done there too, which was nice. Um, so I got into Uganda, didn't spend a whole lot of time in Uganda, maybe about a week, two, 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 just under two weeks. Yeah. So it was nice. One of my so content, how long did
0: you spend in, in Ethiopia?
1: I'd say nearly three weeks. Three weeks, okay. Yeah, okay. about three weeks. Just, just to have an idea. Yeah, so Egypt was around the same, maybe closer to four weeks. Sudan was around, most countries are three, four weeks, depending Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception of probably Kenya and Tanzania. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest were kind of like Malawi was like two weeks. Um, yeah, the rest were kind of t- between okay. two and four weeks. Okay. <clears throat> um, so I got to Uganda. One of the contacts I had was for the wife of the vice president. So I spent the week with her, staying mm-hmm. with her cousin, got to meet the vice president that, of Uganda.
0: That's one of the questions, like how how it, it must have been feel weird because on one end... You're 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 sleeping in a in a truck stops with locals and you're putting your tent somewhere yeah. in another, and then you're being a guest in the embassy and you have you know, like a, like a, there's a party thrown in yeah, and you're yeah just like how did that feel was that was that yeah, like I mean, one it of was... these things was like feel felt weird and not out of kind of out of place yeah or was it like okay you were just accepting what was ah uh, just
1: accepting just going with the flow I mean. Yeah, it was just the complete randomness of it. But again, you kind of it was just the way the, the trip pieced together. It was just so many different things happened, so many cool things happened that you're just like, like you said, I mean, you know, one day you're you're like you said you're sleeping with the locals in Sudan and the next day you're shaking hands in the vice president's office in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Shaking hands with the vice president himself. And you're kind of just there like, how the hell did I get to this point? But then you're kind of like this was the total randomness yeah. of this trip And
0: then, then the next day you again kind of starting cycling in the middle of nowhere yeah yeah pretty much yeah and you're just like <laughs> do awesome. not just
1: go with the flow and it's again awesome. it was just going from i suppose out of your comfort zone and just being thrown into these different scenarios where mm-hmm. you're in the middle of a desert and then you're in the middle of a city and how do you adapt you know it was just you had to adapt for every situation you found yourself in yeah and that's what just what you had to get used to yeah. Um, so all these different things that happened again it was great because it just got me out of my comfort zone it made me adapt Mm -hmm. to a new situation but
0: was it was it was it all the time equally tough mentally or at some point you were you were kind of in the zone kind of Uh, accepting a lot of the
1: time I was just high as a kite just high off life really Um, Mm. but then it was kind of like you felt great and then you felt bad it wasn't so much often that you kind that of you that could see it coming. It just mm-hmm. it just happened, right. and it could be anything. Like f- like for example, you you could be tired, and next thing you'd see a family together, and then you're just like, "Oh crap, I miss my family back at home," or as you'd see. I don't know, somebody walking their dog mm-hmm. and they're like, I miss my dog. Or you'd see friends drinking together or, mm-hmm. or sipping, having coffee together or whatever. And yeah. it just depended, like, it just depended on what mood I was in, on my farm, where my head was at. Uh, but no, I mean, look, there. yes, there was bad days, but I mean, there was way, way, way more good days than bad days. Mm. Um, mm. And that's just kind of Uganda then, yeah, because you went from Ethiopia where it got to the stage where I was just... Not scared of the people, but it was just like, "What's going to happen next?" Like, is I just kind of put myself into a shell where I wasn't as open with people as I was in Egypt and Sudan. Mm. Kind of Ethiopia kind of changed me a little bit, where I was just like, "Well, I just couldn't adapt. trust the people because yeah. I was." They took advantage of me a few times, like I said, overcharging. Mm-hmm. Um, you do something nice for them or whatever, and they just kind of rip you off for it, or or, or just yeah or things like that, or they, do you know, I don't know, it was just kind of, just some people I just didn't get the right vibes off of, mm-hmm. and then, but that was only Ethiopia, but I kind of closed myself in a shell, and I just wasn't as open with people, I wasn't going around talking to every random person I met, you know, mm-hmm. Um, and sure. then if I did and it got bad vibes, I'd just end the conversation straight away, or yeah. just, I'd be rude and walk off and just tell them I wasn't talking to them, or something like yeah. that, because, it was just for them to understand because if you were just like, Oh no, I'm fine, I'm fine, you kind of had to be I suppose erupt with them and just be like, mm-hmm. I'm not talking to you kind of way. And then they'd understand that. Mm. But thankfully it didn't happen too often. Yeah. Um but then Uganda kinda of bought me back all of that shell again, because the people were very friendly, intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, that was Kenya was fine as well, the same way. Um people So after were, Uganda you cycled to Kenya into Kenya, Kenya yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Into Kenya. And then that's, I spent probably most of the trip in Kenya because I got to Nairobi and then my girlfriend at the
0: time came out to visit for two weeks. That was awesome. That was planned, right? It yeah, was, that was It was, planned, it was yeah. awesome because it's like a break. Yeah, in, it was lovely. It, it was like a holiday. You almost yeah. took a holiday. So Within the like, holiday. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, which was, yeah, we did a lot in Kenya. You know, we traveled around Kenya, got to see a lot. Um, you know, we did. Uh, the National Park, Savo mm-hmm. National Park, did Mombasa, Diani Beach, did, um, what's the lake called, I if I think of it, a famous lake, I can't remember the name of it now, I was visiting some of the different places, another National Park, mm-hmm. Hell's Gate, Chile, Nairobi, um, for a while as well, I got to see like the Elephant Sanctuary, the Giraffe So you sanctuary. were not
0: cycling during that? It was like No, not that two weeks, that was just like a two-week break.
1: mental and physical break. Yeah. Um... Yeah, loved it. You know, it was lovely. We had a great time, and then from there went into Tanzania. Mm-hmm. Um, so after
0: then, your girlfriend flew back to, to Ireland. Yeah, yeah. So I have a so I have a question about that because on one on one hand, I thought it's great, right? I I saw your your picture, you you your picture with your girlfriend's like, oh great, like they they have a great time and yeah. great holidays and I I thought it was absolutely brilliant, but then I thought like. Was, was that break make things harder than to go back to the routine? That was the question I was, I was asking myself. Like, if you didn't... Back take, into the
1: routine of cycling. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like
0: if you didn't take that break, that, those holidays, let's call them, you would kind of be in the groove, in the zone all the time. Yeah. But that was like a break and you're just like all great and soft and you have your girlfriend and so on. And then it's like, Cut and you back on your back bike, on bike again back yeah. on your bike like and, and i was thinking like this must be hard now like i almost thought, like you made it harder
1: on yeah. yourself
0: because of that so it was one thing good and then did, did that feel like that
1: uh it did for the first few days um definitely but then you kind of just kind of again like that was only that was i wasn't even halfway down africa at that stage right so yeah i mean look it was great to have her out but then I was kind of like... I knew I had to go back cycling again. That that wasn't the end of the trip. Mm. So you kind of had to, I suppose, separate some emotions, really. Yeah. It probably doesn't come across in a nice way. But you kind of just had to get back, like you said, back in the zone again. Mm-hmm. And it was like... It was great. She came out for two weeks. We had a brilliant two weeks. But now it's mm-hmm. back to focus on Cape Town. Mm-hmm. Um, because you always had to be alert. Because not, again... Not that I was scared or anything like that, but just in case if anything happened, you just yeah. always had to be alert in the zone, ready to adapt, ready to figure things out if you were put in an awkward situation. Mm-hmm. So it was just like you know, yeah. lovely she came out, mm-hmm. lovely I got to take two weeks off, and even before she came out, I had a few days off w- waiting for her to come in, mm-hmm. and then I had a cup. I, I think I took two days off after she left just to kind of get ready to go again. Mm-hmm and you know again you were leaving people you stayed with Mm -hmm. but it was just like okay gotta just toughen Mm -hmm. back up again yeah get back into the zone get back into where my head was at before and thankfully kind of it was a smooth transition back onto the bike again
0: oh really oh that's good Um,
1: it was actually the second week when again the loneliness kind of hit i kind of hit an isolated part of tanzania where there wasn't so much people around still people out there but it's not what i was used to And I was kind of like, it was just really, really quiet because you're used to all this noise. Yeah. Because people are shouting at you. They're saying hello. They're saying, how are you? They're shouting in their local language. There's people beeping at you, all that kind of stuff. So there was Mm -hmm. a constant stream of noise. And then I got into this isolated part of Tanzania where it was just quiet. Wow. And I was just like, I hadn't been used to that, I suppose, probably since the the Sahara Desert. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, Christ like this is weird like it's actually really really bloody quiet so then I kind of hit a bit of a lull again Um, it wasn't too bad but I just wasn't in the best of form but I came all of that when I got to Daryl Saleem because I stayed with the Irish ambassador and his family Mm -hmm. and I think I just needed to be in that family environment Mm -hmm. I had stayed with people but there wasn't really a family environment especially where there was kids as well Mm because it was just like I'm back with an Irish family And it was just really, really, really nice. It was just, it was nice to spend time with the adults as well, but it was also nice to spend that time with the kids as well, because kids think differently to adults. And just Mm -hmm. the way the kids ask questions about the trip and just not even talking about the trip, but just hearing (laughs) about their school and how, you know, they wanted to show you their music or show you around or you know show you what they were watching on television or tell you about their school and school trips and friends it was just you could just switch off and i think i just needed to switch off because when you're with adults then it's more about the trip Uh Um, but then when you're with the kids they just can talk about anything yeah you could be talking about the trip one second the next second then you're talking about i don't know a school trip they did a couple of years ago and it's just like this is great
0: yeah yeah it um, gave you like a break right? yeah was yeah. it wasn't at any point your you wish you you didn't take that two weeks break
1: um no i think i needed it yeah. um now tins kind of went sour after that with my girlfriend because we actually broke up Um, about a month after that which was really tough to take oh I'm
0: sorry to hear that Yeah.
1: well I mean we're trying to patch things up now at the moment but um, Mm -hmm. yeah that breakup kind of it was tough to take because um, usually obviously like you know if we'd argued in the past we'd meet up and fix it straight away whereas here I was just thousands of miles away and I just knew I couldn't do anything to fix it because it was just I was too far away and you needed to be in person it was just long distance. Look, I mean, there's no good... Do you
0: think that the, that the trip itself caused it? Um, or
1: was it just something We've that spoken about it, yeah. It was just like... You know, we've spoken about it. And we're just like... The two weeks probably went too well. If mm-hmm. you get me. Because mm-hmm. it was just... We hadn't seen each other in three months. Had a fabulous two weeks together. And then... I think it was just the fact that... She was going back home... Knowing that it was going to be another few months... Before she could see me again. Mm-hmm. And she was going back to winter in ireland and i was continuing this incredible trip of a lifetime mm-hmm. um so i suppose it was just tough to take and then um tins was kind of yeah i suppose it was just the fact that you we weren't going to see each other for a few months again that i suppose the reality hit mm-hmm. um and that we just needed to take a break just to kind of st- st- she just needed to step back from the trip a bit, yeah. um because I suppose at that up until then obviously she was involved on in a day to day basis, mm-hmm. and then it just probably just got a bit too much, and mm-hmm. just that we weren't I suppose talking like we would have been talking back at home, mm-hmm. obviously we weren't meeting up in person, so we would have been back at home. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but no, look, it just kind of went sour for a couple for a few weeks, and we after that then. Do you know, we kind of got back in talking terms when Tins kind of settled. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of stayed in touch until the finish. And mm-hmm. Like, we've met up since I came home and, you know, Tins are looking good again. But we'll just see what happens. Good,
0: good to hear that. Yeah, hear yeah, that. yeah, But look, there's only so much
1: you can get away with doing these, these longer trips and stuff. So yeah. I knew, I mean, I knew I was putting massive st- stress on the relationship as well because mm-hmm. you're gone for seven months. Like, it was a lot to ask of anybody really. And do you know what? I mean caduce to her because a lot of relationships would have broken up before leaving mm-hmm. so at least we tried we mm-hmm. realized it wasn't going to work yeah and then we just waited until i got home to see if things could be fixed again and mm-hmm. again look there's no pressure we'll see how things go And yeah. oh yeah this we're you know we're mature about it as well so mm-hmm.
0: that's i'm sure i'm sure yeah okay so going back to your trip you're you're in uh kenya now uh kenya
1: tanzania now tanzania yeah tanzania, tanzania. where did
0: you have a, a, encounters with the wildlife
1: oh that started th- in, is it later no th- i suppose it started in kenya because yeah. look Egypt is like a con- continuation of the middle east and then ethiopia is like a transition mm-hmm. into africa and then kenya is they say where africa truly begins oh that's interesting yeah So you get to see the zebras, the giraffes, you know, the Uh animals you think of anytime you think of Africa. So that all kicked off in Kenya, Um, continued into Tanzania, obviously. Uh, I suppose Tanzania, then you had, I wouldn't say, I saw a lot of the wildlife in Kenya because when 18 came out to visit, we did the national parks and we got to see like lions and Mm -hmm. cheetahs and zebras, elephants, all that. But then I got to see them while I was even cycling as well. Um, Yeah. You wouldn't see lions while you were cycling because they were kind of confined to the national parks, but you'd see the zebras and giraffes and stuff like that. Uh, But Tanzania, I cycled through a national park called Mikumi, and um, that now was a national park where the main road went through. Mm -hmm. So anyways, you were seeing your giraffes or Mm -hmm. your uh, wildebeest. You'd see your antelopes. You'd see your um, zebras. I'm missing on a few names. I was trying to get a bit brave there. But anyways, you'd see all the, just the typical wildlife. Yeah. But that's, I suppose, when I had my fo- first close encounter with a lion. Um, pretty certain it was a lion. Um, I was sitting down just having a break and then I could, I was getting this bad feeling after about mm. 10 minutes. Is it Kenya or Tanzania? Sorry, this is Tanzania. Tanzania. Uh, yeah. Mikumi National Park in Tanzania.
0: Mm. And... your primordial kind of yeah and then i could hear these noises yeah (laughs) and i was
1: hearing these noises from the bushes and next thing i kind of heard not like a lion's roar but more of a grumble gruntle Uh and then i kind of jumped to my feet and cycled off but i only cycled off for like a few hundred meters constantly looking behind me but what sold it for me was the fact that one of these safari jeeps passed where i was sitting and then all of a sudden reversed right back to where i was so I waited like 20 minutes by the side of the road, a few hundred meters up, thinking obviously he's going to drive on and I'm going to stop him and ask him what was actually there. Does it confirm that it was a lion or whatever? Um, but the fact that he stopped and I stopped for about 20 minutes and they weren't budgeting, they were all taking photographs and the whole lot. Okay. So And usually they only stop when they see one of the big five, elephant, lion, cheetah, mm-hmm. rhinos, or else the last one is a leopard. Mm-hmm. And I obviously knew it wasn't an elephant, or a rhino um so it would have been one of the last three but more than likely yeah and as, as i found out later on it was a line because i stopped at the actual entrance of the park got talking to some of the guys there and kind of told them what had happened and then he was like yeah yeah that's a line they frequently come out of the road and he was like there's a few more up the road and i was like "Jesus, like christ like what do you want me to do and i was like will i stop and get a lift and he was like no cycle on but just if you see it just cycle as fast as you can
0: Oh, for that sake. Yeah,
1: that was his word of advice. So I was like, oh my God. But it was Lord. only 20 kilometers. So I was like, <laughs> look, I was like, I'm going to take the chance. Because, again, put yourself in a dangerous spot. Get out of your comfort zone. And, man, for that last 20 kilometers, I was on edge. just My head was going 360 degrees in every sort of an angle. Oh, God. Waiting for three i think he said it was four three four lines
0: you were in a zone five and you know 40k per hour an hour (laughs) yeah yeah
1: heart rate going 90 and now bearing in mind you're on a fully loaded bike as well but it was just like no go as fast as i can that's it end of story
0: oh my god that's terrifying
1: but anyways i got to i suppose this little town and christ i drank a few beers that night <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm not blaming you i'm not blaming you at all thought, yeah. oh man so that's uh that was a highlight of the tanzania yeah
1: yeah right. the scenery was stunning in tanzania as well actually the following day after that i rode through a lovely lovely valley uh quite hilly but absolutely spectacular and um, stunning scenery uh, again kind of a bit isolation There was miles between the big towns mm-hmm. of whatever, well big towns big villages uh, but yeah that was kind of Tanzania then mm-hmm. just kind of more did you
0: did you brought like a like a gigabytes and gigabytes of photos from that or did yeah, you or yeah. were you like I have uh... a
1: laptop full of stuff oh, okay actually yeah I was actually thinking today that I'm actually going to start posting up like maybe a couple of photos a day or something mm-hmm. or like one photo every few days of something that happened of importance or even just a story behind the photograph mm-hmm. yeah because kind of, as you were cycling I mean you know, I was doing all the social media, so mm-hmm. I'd put up an update being like,
0: oh, this happened, this mm-hmm. happened. But like, Man, kudos for that, because you, yeah, even, put I, the, I you mean, even put the videos on YouTube, and I was, yeah, like, I was how like, how on earth do yeah. have... Uh, I, like, I
1: stopped, though. I have to get back into those again, but it took, uh, towards the end, all right, I'll shame shamefully say, I just got lazy, but just tired, because I was just like, I nearly finished a trip. I want to enjoy it. I don't want to be stuck on my phone for the afternoon. Exactly. So exactly. I was like, yeah. I have lots more to post about um so i have all these photographs on my phone and laptop it's
0: not even it's not even lazy and like one thing is like you said enjoying the trip rather than you know doing social media yeah
1: i have the content i remember what happened and i know the stories behind it and at least now i can say right just a half an hour i'll just write up a story behind whatever Mm -hmm. photograph that i didn't write about before and at least i can say well do I have the photograph, and mm-hmm. I have an interesting story behind it, and mm-hmm. just you can relive that, yeah, that, yeah. that particular, and you can go into more detail now as well. It's mm-hmm. not just a daily post about yeah. the whole day. This is yeah. something, something specific.
0: Yeah. So you
1: yeah. can do that now as well, um, mm. which which should be nice, I think, and hopefully mm-hmm. get back doing the videos again. Do you
0: have a, like with you like a plenty of uh, SD cards and all that?
1: I just moved them onto my. So I bought a laptop. I bought a stupid heavy laptop.
0: Okay, so you just actually had a laptop. With yeah, you. and oh, I just okay. use a USB cable and oh, just transfer. Oh, okay okay okay, right. okay, 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 okay.
1: Because I, I don't know, I couldn't find the USB stick for my phone. I had a USB card, but then again, I didn't even have enough space on that because with. I was taking pictures and videos because I just wanted to document as much as I can. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that just any night I was at home on a laptop, right. I could just open up the laptop right. and right. go through all these so videos, more and more content coming. from yeah, your yeah, social absolutely. media channels. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. lovely. That's, that's, that's lovely. I get down, Can't yeah. wait.
0: All right. So uh, where are we now? We're, so we're, we're heading towards southern
1: Tanzania. Mm-hmm. Um, from there into Malawi, which is known as the heart, the warm heart of Africa. Mm. So again, small country, beautiful, 3rd poorest country in the world, Lake Malawi. Mm. So again, so this was kind of, uh, not to go into too much detail, but when trouble kicked off, um, this was kind of when I started hitting my lowest points. now, was through southern Tanzania, Malawi, okay. and East Zambia. So um, that was the hardest part, yeah, Mentally, yeah. So, anyways, long story short, stayed in Lake Malawi for six nights. I met an Irish guy mm-hmm. called Alex, who I ended up cycling with to the end of the trip with, mm-hmm. uh, but found this really cool, nice place to stay. And I just couldn't leave it. Just I, st- I said I'd stay two nights, and then the third day, I was like, you know what, like mentally, I'm just not ready to go yet. I'm really enjoying myself here, really relaxing. Um, just ate food all day, drank a few beers, did a mm-hmm. bit of swimming you know there was really nice people staying there new people coming every day so it was like a really popular i suppose backpackers place Mm, and i just got really i just really felt at home there and i was just like this is just what i need so stayed there for six nights was there
0: any at any point it crossed your mind to like stay there like full stop yeah really
1: but again cape town was the end goal so right i was like i gotta go right Um,
0: right it's good that you had that that goal yeah i'd still
1: be i'd still be in sudan right now uh, (laughs) (laughs) trying to renew another visa (laughs) but uh yes i continued on anyways i left there my rack broke i was in touch with the Irish ambassador and he invited me to this party
0: yes i remember you had you had like a technical issue yeah. how did that happen was it just was it did you crash or was it just no a, just the a... rack
1: broke in ethiopia and somehow held on until malawi and you're talking ethiopia oh. uganda you're talking ethiopia air transit as Mal- uh, ethiopia air transit uganda kenya tanzania and then halfway down malawi right and these are some big countries like ethiopia kenya mm-hmm. Tanzania. they're big countries mm. and somehow this wreck held on until it finally snapped and cracked
0: Right, and then and he, why it why it broke? Did somebody hit? It with no, it was just
1: it snapped in Ethiopia. It snapped in Tanzania, and then it just finally wear and tear, I suppose, is too oh, much just pressure. Just and tear,
0: yeah.
1: It just finally snapped again in, a, hmm. in 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 Malawi, but um, right, yeah. I was lucky. Um, the Irish ambassador invited me to a party in Blantyre, so we drove down. But on the way, we stopped off at another city. Uh, again, brain that I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Zumba, Zumbu, zumbe, Zumba, Zumbi. Mm-hmm. It was the old capital, mm-hmm. but I got a rack for twelve euros, right? Which did the jo- I still have it? Um, did did the job, and went with him to the party, um, like an early St. Patrick's Day party, and it just worked out fine. Just mm. you know, got to meet more people, uh, and that was kind of it with Malawi. Then went back to Liangwe. To the capital, stayed a few more nights at the Irish at his residence house, and then, yeah, just went to Zambia then. Yeah, um, yeah. didn't take too much. So was it that? Yeah.
0: So you're saying that you hit the lows So that was after you, after you left that that place.
1: Um, no, it kind of kicked off when all the trouble with Aideen kicked off in the middle of Tanzania. But it wasn't just that. Right. But it was just, I suppose, at that stage, I was just so settled into the trip, and it was just like. Mm. But I was still only halfway. And I was oh, like, okay. all this has happened. And I'm still only halfway. Like, it just got so okay, got emotionally you. and mentally draining.
0: Yeah. Because uh, you, you had this, this size of the mountain that you try to climb. Yeah. That is like, I'm only halfway. Yeah. And you already felt like you should. You have yeah, enough.
1: But the, the weather then as well. There's a few other factors as well. Like, the weather got really hot. And stupid, stinky humid and then all it all just boiled up so the weather got really hot it was 40 degrees the highest was 42 degrees mm-hmm. and you know they're talking about the heat wave in Europe mm-hmm. that's what i was cycling in with humidity as well yeah. so i don't want to go say oh people should you know just be like happy with the heat wave that you just get used to it and you, but mm-hmm. i had to cycle in that heat where people yeah. would struggle to stay indoors with air conditioning but yes. i was out in the middle of it cycling and then you the humidity 60 50 60% humidity if not more the lack of sleep i wasn't sleeping well at night because again the humidity it would still be 30 degrees right. at night you're and turning bed bugs my malaria tablets were starting to affect me because i was getting these phantom itches uh, i was only getting a couple of yeah. hours sleep at night With, which
0: tablets were you taking Mallarin? malaron
1: yeah Malarin. so you get these phantom itches off them and they were just it was just mad mm. and then you might not sleep because the, the bar beside you was too noisy were too sweaty it was too hot too humid uh the heat was affecting me right it was very hilly as well so anyways all this just and then i made the stupid decision as well of cycling 12 days in a row in the middle of this in this heat right so to where i finally broke down in malawi and uh, before i got the day before i got to that lovely backpackers yeah that previous day i just absolutely had just yeah the second biggest breakdown before zambia Mm -hmm. and like it got it actually it was bad because i actually shouted at local people as well (laughs) these two drunk guys were trying i bought water and these two drunk guys came over and they were trying to take some of my stuff and i just like will you just f off and leave me alone and then there was these two people laughing behind me and i was like what the effing are you laughing at I was just in such a bad headspace. And I was like, I have to go. I was just like, I need to. But that day, I was doing. uh, I finished off doing, it was a seven and a half hour cycle. Very hilly, like 1500 meters climbing.
0: um,
1: Very hilly, very harsh. Um, And then I finished in the pitch dark as well. And it was just, it was just one of those really, really bad days. I mean, we all have them. And then. That night, thankfully, I found a nice backpacker's place to stay at. There was this nice Belgian girl um, who was also just backpacking. And, you know, we'd kind of, and she was by herself. So, you know, we had a lot in common. So, we just had a few beers together. We were having a few beers at the owner and his wife. There was just a small group of us together. Yes. And I was like, I desperately needed this. because the, yeah. the last sense need- of community yeah. and people. because and- the last thing I needed was to be alone that night because, like, I, I just, God knows what would have happened. Yeah. I think I would have just spent the whole night crying.
0: Yeah.
1: And then the wow. next, the next day I got to that really nice backpackers lodge and stayed there for the bones of a week. And then the yeah. bike broke down the next day when I left. And then I was with the ambassador for the bones of a week down a bland tire back at his house. Mm-hmm. So
0: so just, it was like a two weeks kind of yeah, break. Yeah. Two weeks yeah, of yeah, taking and I needed it, it yeah. And then I met oh, Alex and yeah,
1: no. Merlin, the English guy and Irish guy I was cycling with. But even with them, I was still like not feeling great and that's when i had the second the big breakdown because i had left them okay um to cycle on because it was getting very so Ill. now you're
0: getting to big breakdown so the ones yeah. that you had so far was it not the big yeah, ones oh, it was just my like god. a god to the big one oh my but god. like i
1: said as i explained earlier got through it that night actually had a big breakdown i actually camped at a primary school mm-hmm. and then you were just like all the kids were running around playing with you because you're again this novelty mm-hmm um and they were just so joyous and stuff and it was just so nice it was just like basic living they were just pumping water out of a well Mm -hmm. they were playing with each other they were just running around kids being kids like back in the good old days yeah and i was just like this is what it's all about never mind all these stupid breakdowns i was having like this again like i don't know like i wouldn't be like obviously a religious person but just sometimes things happen for a reason and I think Mm -hmm. that night it was just like destiny that I was to camp at that primary school yes to be around all these kids and teachers and the small tiny village that had you know there was the school a health clinic a couple of bars and a couple of like I wouldn't even call them shops shacks shacks really yeah Mm. and it was just like it was just what I needed because you were in with the people I wasn't in this town where I could easily lock myself in a room I was in with the local people and it was just the distraction I needed from what yeah. happened earlier that day. Wow. Um, so, yeah, and then I got to Lusaka. got there for the Irish Society's St. Patrick's Day Out. That was a great day out. Um, mm. We won the football competition. Yes. I uh, was staying with the ambassador there as well, took a few days off. Then from there... Cycled five hundred kilometers in three days. I'm, I'm
0: still, I'm still kind of. It's it's like mind boggling that you're like you said meeting ambassadors or prime ministers, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you back in the dirt cycling five hundred yeah. kilometers in three like, days to get to Victoria so, Falls. It, it must be such a emotional roller coaster yeah i i like (laughs) it 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 takes like a really tough man to to do this so you're you're really tough man to go through this so i'm not i'm not blaming you for any mental breakdowns because anyone would because of the sheriff like oh great i'm here and then like boom back in the back on the bike yeah back into reality it's been tough man
1: yeah but no i mean yeah i mean like i said just the different scenarios you found yourself in, mm. it just, yeah. even looking back at it now, it just, it just makes me laugh. Like, it was just yeah. like, it was so random that, you know, you yeah. go from staying and camping on the floor of a primary school on a concrete floor with no windows, mm-hmm. no, like, I mean, compared to the primary schools we have here in Ireland, these ones are, they've the bare minimum. Yeah. And then three nights later, I was in a luxury room in the Irish ambassador's residence, mm-hmm. and you're just like,
0: did That gave you kind of like a healthy distance to luxury rooms. It's like, well, okay, I'm just.
1: I kind of felt, at times, I kind of felt weird because I was just like, this just doesn't feel right. That mm. one night, like I said, I'm sleeping in a cot bed mm-hmm. in Sudan. I'm sleeping in a brattle in Ethiopia, where these places, there's the rooms aren't clean, and I'm throwing my tent cover on the bed. Um, but it's cheap and cheerful accommodation. Other nights, I'm sleeping in with bed bugs, or I'm sleeping on the floor because the bed just it's mm. just not nice to sleep on, <laughs> or it's just bed bugs. And then you have the luxury where you're sleeping with on in a bed in the ambassador's residence, or some locals who take you in who might be well off yeah. as well, um, and stuff like that. And it was just again, it was just the total randomness of it. <laughs> but again, you just kind of soak it all in and just adapt to whatever yeah. situation you found yourself yeah. in.
0: Yeah. So where are we are now in your in your trip, uh, heading towards the Victoria Falls, oh yes, of the world. yes,
1: yeah. So they were absolutely spectacular. Um, loved them. Just you'd hear them before you see them, mm-hmm. and only twenty dollars to go in as well. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was the Victoria Falls. I uh, did a white water rafting trip as well, which was great fun mm. uh, down the Zambezi River. Just wow. chaos, but just great fun. And then from there into Botswana, which was where all the wildlife again. The second mm. close call with the lion outside the tent. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was lucky. Um, but yeah, it was close call. Uh, but for some reason, lions they don't they see a tent as this like impenetrable object yeah. that they can't get into as if they see this house or whatever yes um so it just slept outside all night didn't bother us i was with you i was with alex and Merlin mm-hmm. that night didn't bother us all night thankfully woke up the next day and it was gone
0: okay uh, so we just slept outside of your tent uh
1: not too far away so when we first heard that it was about 50 meters away and then jesus it you could hear it moving around outside and then when we woke up, it was gone. Because they don't like the heat, so you'd only see them in the evenings or mm-hmm. night or early mornings. But thankfully, you know, the heat at 7 o'clock in the morning was just something. Did you slept
0: well that night? Not really.
1: <laughs> but then again, you three guys packed into a three-person tent. Because luckily enough, I didn't pitch up my own tent because uh-huh. I would have absolutely freaked that night if I did. Uh-huh. I just would not have slept at all. Uh-huh. At all. Uh-huh. But uh, thankfully, we were in the one tent together. And you yeah. know, we just giggled and laughed and kind of... still just kind of remain calm in a what could have been a potentially dangerous life-threatening situation
0: wow okay yeah
1: and then from there you're just cycling on elephant highway seeing elephants all day uh we did the okavango delta uh this trip down the okavango delta on what you can only describe as a they were called a Maguru. um Mm -hmm. so it was like Blaskill Islands, what do they have? The, 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 can you think of the name? The Blaskill Islands had the hmm. canoes, not the canoes. And it, it was like a, a makeshift canoe that they made, yeah. local. Um, and the locals would just take you out up the Yokavango Delta. Wow. And then we did a trip in the Botswana and Salt Plains, which was a complete accident. We got into. Oh, uh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. We got into a lodge and. Um, the owner was going out with his friends and just invited us along, uh-huh. so we did that. And then, so that wasn't
0: planned. Yeah, that wasn't planned at all. One another random thing yeah, that happens yeah, when you're cycling again, through Africa. Go
1: with the go with the flow. <laughs> that was kind of it in Botswana. Botswana, Botswana, single the end of, I suppose what I call Mad Africa. You went from Zambia, where there's people everywhere again, to Botswana, where there's the size of France, two and a half million people. Mm. So in a way, Tins kind of got a bit boring in a bad way. Oh. That you just didn't have that same attention, that same people, so you'd have more isolation, yes, more gaps between towns, like we did three hundred kilometers with barely any civilization in Botswana, Wow, more after that, and more after that again, then you're into Namibia, same again, right, Do you know they're just big countries with small populations, but wow. you can see they're more advanced, more well off, yeah, so in a way and not in a bad way, but more white people, more Afrikaans, so in a way, I suppose yeah. black Africa ended, and you're now in a countries where People were more familiar with white people, so mm-hmm. you weren't a rare. So novelty. where did that start? It in Botswana. In Botswana, Botswana, Namibia, South Africa—the three last countries.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So it's it's very it's very informative how you kind of describing transitions as you yeah. as you go through Africa, and this is only what you can kind of experience firsthand when you do the trip like you did. Um, so so that's that's fantastic. How did you manage? you know food and sleep and everything on on those lessly less densely populated yeah, countries yeah i mean is sleep... that difficult have you ever in the trip kind of like been in a situation like oh shit i don't have anything to eat or i don't have anything to drink
1: Happened once with regards to sleep in sudan and food mm. um, but like a lot of it but then i knew botswana and namibia would be very tricky because they were big countries big gaps between places yeah. and less people Butch
0: so you were prepared. Yeah,
1: I mean, the two guys, luckily enough, had a cooking stove, so we were able to cook pasta, mm. porridge for breakfast. Uh,
0: Tell t- us about these two guys. They were like, they're, they're psych- they, their Twitter so, account is like they're cycling on tandem, but yeah. they're not cycling on tandem, they're cycling on those elliptical bikes.
1: Yeah, so they did a tandem at the start up until Tanzania, but then they ran into some trouble, so they got saddleless bikes, which were called ellipticos, so the yeah. elliptical bikes you see in the gym. Yeah. So they rode those then from Malawi to South. Africa,
0: Jesus, this was yeah.
1: But they were the same age as me. Well, the English guy, Marilyn, was twenty-five. Alex was twenty-three, and I was twenty-four. So it was just so rare to find people your own age, especially another Irish man. So I was just like, mm. look, but again, not not wanting to sound big-headed or anything, but because they were on those bikes, my bike went a lot faster. Yeah. But I wanted to stay with them. I wanted to wait with them. Yeah. But like during the day, I'd take off cycling, and we'd plan to stay at a certain place, or if we had planned to wild camp. I just wait up the road and wait by the side of the road for them or yeah, something like that. So Yeah.
0: It was it was probably helping you mentally yeah. kind of to have Yeah, it was just nice to have company as well like,
1: because again I'd proven that I could get through it by myself, but Yeah. When you meet people like that and you have the opportunity to cycle with people, especially people you get on with. Mm-hmm.
0: And oh yeah, but it, it, it's the only way to do if people you get yeah, on with yeah because if you're cycling
1: with somebody you don't get on with <laughs> no
0: no that would be worse so you, Yeah, you better resolved. do it yourself yeah. <laughs> yeah so
1: yeah so I was with them yeah the last remaining countries um, mm-hmm. but there was times where we'd split up so like Zambia I split from them in East Zambia and met them again in Lusaka a few days later I split with them again after that met them in Livingston it was really only Botswana and Namibia, South Africa where we actually stayed together all the time mm. Um, which was again just nice to have company just yeah. even just for the evenings knowing that you get off the bike you'd have people to stay with because another thing as well is if i had to camp by myself i'd get paranoid mm-hmm. so it was just nice to have known that there was other people around just in case right, um, right. i just wouldn't be great at staying it, by myself
0: is it because of uh of the of the wildlife
1: no 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 no, no. it was even just like if i'm at home in, in a home alone i'd get paranoid like that just mm-hmm. in case of anything ha- i don't know it's just i just don't like being by myself mm. especially in the dark so if yeah. i was camping stealth camping in the middle of in a field i would just i'd mm. be very very nervous gotcha and then i just start thinking these bad thoughts in my head that oh, someone's mm-hmm. going to come and kill me tonight or something like that uh-huh. obviously okay. it wasn't going to happen but just okay yeah i know do you know, I know what you mean me, yeah you know?
0: i know what you mean okay so where are we at this stage you're, you're uh, entering uh, Namibia. namibia
1: so second last country uh got to the capital Windhoek. uh only spent a couple of nights there then started the dirt roads got into the um oh, desert the der- the yeah, dirt yeah i love the dirt roads. Uh, i
0: i could i could feel that, that yeah, through your tweets a, so yeah, <laughs>
1: it was awesome fun got into the Namib desert Sort the sassaflade dunes had the most famous uh, apple crumble in Namibia. made our way towards um, got back onto the main road started to make our way towards south africa and then cross the border in south africa which is the last country and then from there kind of on and off at the at dark roads because the guy because it got really windy and hilly so i was doing more miles than the guy so to make up Mm. so for me to do more miles or not to be so far ahead mm-hmm. i'd go off and find dirt roads so the guys would stay to the main road and i'd go off the dirt roads to make it longer right and i had some great okay, cycling days gotcha. in south africa and, that, and that way you were
0: staying with them at the end but they say oh, yeah okay, and gotcha. i
1: could do more miles but in comparison with the dirt roads in Namibia, where i always had to wait for them the dirt roads in south africa i could just fly off by myself mm-hmm. and not having to worry about them behind me because they were getting constant punctures or i didn't have to worry that if i cycled for an hour i could be 10 kilometers ahead of them mm-hmm. so i could just go at my own pace and worry about myself yeah. knowing that they'd be fine on the main road because you had a constant flow of traffic yeah and south african people were very friendly as well
0: uh, okay. Okay. So that wasn't so that was my my question about, you know, safety concerns around in South Africa.
1: Yeah, I mean, again because we met all these white Africans who pretty much left South Africa because of safety concerns. Yeah. They kept warning us that something bad was going to happen to us, but I can't think of anything that happened in South Africa.
0: Yeah.
1: I had an attempted robbery on me when I finished in Cape Town. They tried to take my wallet. I saw them, stopped them, and then they took my phone, but I got it back. Yeah. Apart from that, I had no other issue with anybody in South okay. Africa.
0: And was there at any point in any, any of these countries have you have a situation that repeated that with the police and like you had in Egypt, like with these police no. or checkpoints or patrols or was, it, was no. it, okay, so it was only Egypt really and then. Just Egypt, yeah, I mean Sudan they tried to stop
1: you but I'd, I'd cycle past them because I just because <laughs> I, mean, I knew they weren't going to come after me. And again, it was cheeky but it was just well calculated because I knew uh. that they were just, I don't know. I mean, my passport, it sound, I was lazy. My passport was at the bottom of my bag in a safe place. And I just did not want to stop, especially in the heat in the desert. Yes. But one of the days I was cycling, I flew past a checkpoint where the police came out to stop me. And there was two Canadians. <laughs> that was yeah, awesome. It was just, yeah, <laughs> to sprinted past them. And I was like, look, if they really want me, they'll catch up to me. Yeah. But there was two Canadians who I met in southern Egypt who passed through the next day and they stopped and then the policeman was like oh this cyclist crazy he no stop for me uh and then the guy showed him a picture of me and he was like yeah that's him why didn't he stop he just wanted to offer tea and to chat that's all <laughs> and i of course assumed the worst that he was just going to be like give me your papers because another reason why i didn't want to stop was technically i was in in sudan oh okay despite the fact i had the visa i was supposed to get i was supposed to pay the police for their permission for me to be there some other sort of a stamp in my passport from the police to say that I yes. paid them for i don't know i can't remember what it was now it was just like a kind of i suppose again Sudan's a military state so it was like a
0: paid for protection
1: not so much protection but just permission to be in the country right. but i never got it in the town i was supposed to Okay so the it.
0: visa is not enough of the permission no. to be in the country you... <laughs> No
1: but when i was in Wadi Halfa the first town the police station was closed mm-hmm. and I wanted to leave before it opened the following morning so yeah. I had a contact in Khartoum went down to the police station despite the fact it was closed found somebody who spoke to my contact in Khartoum mm-hmm. and he was like oh you can do it when you get to Khartoum but I didn't want to um, be stopped before just in case if I met somebody who actually really wanted to enforce the rules because I yeah. I mean for him to go after me could be quite a scalp for him being like oh look who i caught not being in the country properly and all this kind of stuff and oh, okay. as as you would like it might be an ego boost for some an ego trip for some yeah, yeah yeah do you know but anyways i got away with it so but i just didn't want to stop just in case if i was asked any awkward questions mm-hmm. that i didn't have obviously mm-hmm. answers to mm-hmm.
0: have you have you have you met the the in in uh south africa Shaun? Sean Emsley. Oh, no. He, he was on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, he was on the podcast. He was saying, like, I'm following Tom, and it's like almost like it's as if my son was cycling. Yeah, and he's yeah.
1: crazy. He's coming here in August, I think. He did. Yeah, he yeah.
0: is. He is. Did you, you met him? I didn't. I actually recorded the podcast with oh, okay. him, uh, uh, you know, through the internet online. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, but uh, I I really like to meet him when he's yeah, in August. Yeah, I think he's coming over in August. Yeah, yeah. Are so, you gonna meet him here? In, in I,
1: he's going to Galway.
0: Yeah. So we may or, we'll we may organize a trip. Yeah, that would be nice. Be like because so. because I I definitely want to meet him. And if you're if you have a time, we can jump in a car and just both of us drove yeah. to, to Galway. So town. Sean, if you're
1: listening to this, we're coming to Galway. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So so that sums up the trip. Uh, you're you're at So, how many kilometers was that in total, um, or miles?
1: About eleven thousand kilometers in the end. Eleven thousand yeah. kilometers, and something. it was in um. So, eleven thousand kilometers, seven months, lots Whoa. of calories burned. Wow, lots seven, of beers drank, seven. lots of mountains climbed. Yeah. um And then I was raising money f- again for the donald Walsh Foundation. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost at twenty thousand as well. Right. So I'm quite delighted with that sum of money as well. So and yeah. all that money raised goes towards the foundation. Yes. So yeah, yes. just uh, yeah. The the trip was kind of the trip was out of my own pocket, and mm-hmm. mom and dad helped as well, mm-hmm. and some aunts and uncles and stuff like that. But whatever is raised goes towards yeah. the foundation. So, like yeah. I said, nearly twenty thousand euros at fantastic the moment. Fantastic so. job.
0: So that's fantastic job. Okay. So once you're, once you pass through all that, what are your what are your thoughts? Was it worthy? Is it not worthy? Do you want to do it again? Do you uh, definitely not want to do it again? Yes. Do you see how it goes? Is it too early for Probably those Probably too thoughts? early. It was
1: definitely worth it. Now, whether I want to do it again or not, I'm going back to college after the summer. Mm-hmm. Um so it's probably time for kind of real life to hit me now mm-hmm. um i will do more cycling trips but not on the probably not on the same scale yeah. to Africa. but you're
0: but you're hinted like on on asia like, next yeah I think but I maybe just like smaller fun. trip
1: or something maybe like just you know going out and doing a few weeks in vietnam and laos or something and mm-hmm. going back to work and i mean you know you you can do that as well so I, you don't need to go away and take a full year out and and do all of Asia at once like.
0: But it's not the same. It's like.
1: <laughs> no. But then again though. Even having done Africa. Because the the goal was always. Cairo to Cape Town. Mm-hmm. There was so much in. In countries that I missed. So. I'm now kind of. Uh, thinking maybe. Spend more time. Within the one country. And to get to really know it. Rather than just flying through that country. And. Doing a few bits yeah. and bobs, and then moving out to the next country. Yeah,
0: because you were trying to strike the the balance yeah, between, like, exactly. You know, on one end, you can, like you said, go in one country and really get to know that country and be everywhere and visit everything, and on the other hand, you can just go, like, okay, how quickly can I get from you know one point to and just zip through and not and you kind of like do doing like in the middle you were yeah. persistently going to your goal to but cave still them but taking the same, my time but still taking your time yeah. so it was like a like a kind of in the, in the middle so you you you're right it's. yeah
1: yeah, I, mean, I look. Seven months is a long time to spend on a bike, anyway. Mm. So, um, That's
0: a lot of time, man. Yeah,
1: but look, I'll I'll do my college course after the summer, and who knows after that then?
0: Yeah, but, you yeah. maybe maybe go, you know that that uh, that bug will kick in again. Yeah, and it, like, but like Whoa. I said,
1: I just a smaller trip, mm-hmm. probably just right now. You
0: know. So right now, you're saying it's gonna be smaller trip. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then you will see. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I I do want to go back to Africa cycling. Mm-hmm. I, there's one. Or, you know, because I had to fly out of Ethiopia, I missed doing Rwanda, so I do want to cycle around Rwanda, and maybe that's a trip where I can just go out for four weeks mm-hmm. and just do a four-week trip around Rwanda and see most of the country. Yeah, and spend actual time there, rather, yeah. rather than just saying. Oh, you
0: know, like uh, uh, the other hand, the uh, the other thing is that you're a young guy, and now is the moment to do those, right? I mean, like, yeah, like, like people in the in their you know late thirties, they probably. You know very few will take seven months off their life to do something awesome like this. on the other hand, you know not a lot of people your age are gonna do this because they're just they're just not up to it yeah and, and and you've been able to do that, so that's a
1: yeah, I suppose, but then again, you kind of have to make a living for yourself as well and I can't keep living at home gallivanting off doing cycling trips and coming home to save and go off again because Mm. you kind of just got to progress in life as well at some stage and eventually you know
0: Did you get any any pushback from from your family or for you like, dude, Um, what are you doing? Or like, no, you know, No, I mean they were
1: they were worried, but I suppose after a while they probably just kind of just got into the trip and Mm -hmm. I mean look, parents will always be parents, it doesn't matter if you do this now. One of the Canadians I was cycling with, he was fifty six and his mom was his mom was in her early eighties and he called her every day and she was mad worried and he's fifty six and I was twenty four, so Right. don't think it matters what age you are. Parents will always be parents and Mm -hmm. they'll always look after you, you know, regardless if I'm doing a bike ride around Slahead or going biking around Africa. Yeah. I think they're less worried when you're biking over Slahead. Maybe, yeah. (laughs) Crazier drivers around Slahead, I suppose.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You you had encounters with some crazy driving in Africa as well, right? Uh,
1: Yeah, one or two countries. Kenya really, I suppose. There was a few close encounters, but, um, I mean, look, it's just, as a cyclist, this is something you have to get used to? It's just mm-hmm. part and parcel of cycling, early, yeah. Just because you're on the main roads or whatever, and you're yeah. just going to have to deal with traffic. Yeah. Hope obviously that nothing bad happens, and luckily enough, it didn't get to the point where nothing bad did happen. There was plenty of close calls, but
0: you mm. to
1: know, touchable. I was just able to avoid any collisions or anything mm-hmm. like
0: that. Would you, would you do it again? Giving you know the time machine scenario. You... Go back into Africa? Yeah, I oh, mean, like if, if you go back, I suppose. It, it, let me formulate that question: If you had a time machine and you go back to the time before you left, but know already or you know now, would you do it again?
1: Absolutely, yeah. right? Of course. I mean, look, it was a once in a lifetime experience, once in a lifetime opportunity. So, I would not want to do it.
0: Mm. Would you do anything different?
1: Uh I don't think so. I think yeah. I just yeah. I mean look, it was such a unique trip. Yeah. And you know I don't want to, to have any regrets and be like oh I wish I did this different or that different. Yeah. Oh no, on, it's not on. not in that way, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah.
0: I remember that in on our previous podcast you were saying like well I'm not really big uh, big in planning. I'm not planning those trips yeah. like a lot, but maybe this one I'm going to plan a little bit better and yeah. you know you prepared a little bit better so i'm just wondering like would, would you prepare even better or whether it was no, like it was just find the
1: way it went really yeah,
0: yeah it was just it was just find the way it went right awesome tom is there anything at all that we haven't touched on but you wish uh, we
1: would? i don't think so i think we've i think we've fairly covered all of it so if anybody who's listening hasn't been to africa then obviously i definitely recommend going yeah Uh, it's a fabulous continent so um yeah just if you haven't been there definitely definitely visit
0: at any stage if you can yeah tom thanks thanks for your time and uh no problem thanks
1: for having me again
0: thank you for walking us through or cycling us through (laughs) africa the comprehensive uh um you know comprehensive i suppose
1: i'll have to uh, release a guidebook next time now
0: yeah, you know what? That's a, that's that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. How to cycle through Africa? Yeah. you're gonna you're For, gonna do yeah. a few more trips just to find out. You know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like connect connect the lines like this guy that you yeah. met, and then so. we'll see. All right,
1: Tom. Thanks a lot. Thanks, thanks, Emil. Thank you.
0: Just listen to an archived episode of the Tommy Outdoors Conservation and Science podcast. I invite you to take a moment and listen to one of the most recent episodes. I'm sure you'll enjoy it.